1984, the music video market was booming, and Dick knew exactly what they needed to take advantage of it. More synths. We are the Deep Geeks, and this week, we'll see you on the flip side. We are the Deke Geeks. I'm Mark. I'm Avery. Hello. And the Deke Entertainment show we have been looking at this week is Kid Video, a 1984 um, cross-media weird Saturday morning thing. Uh, This one is very much a product of the music television boom of the mid-80s, as it uses liberal amounts of music videos, uh, music video-like content, and synths, as we may have mentioned. I guess the high point of it is that it has music by Haim Saban and Shucky Levy, but uh, aside from that, it sort of falls into the usual uh, Deke Entertainment uh, mid-80s mediocrity. Uh, But before we get into any of the details, Avery... Do you remember Kid Video? <laughs> no. Yeah, this would be down to the fact that it was... Before I was born. Not only before you were born, they stopped showing it, and I'm not sure they ever showed it outside of America. Israel. And Israel. They definitely showed it in Israel, as we will come to. In that case, um, what do you remember about MTV? I don't. Really? Yeah. Good um, lord. Because mainly... When I was at the point that I could actually remember things like satellite television, which I never had until I was about 13, um, it was mainly the UK music stations that we ever looked at. Stuff like TMF, The Hits, The Box, that stuff. Yes. Um, I mean, they all work on the the classic MTV um, structure. Oh, yes, totally. Except without the the virtual... Virtual? They're video DJs. They're mm. all VJs. Yeah, yeah. But um, for the most part, it's uh, it's all sort of ripping off the style of MTV, which has, of course, moved on to mostly unscripted television, mm-hmm. by which we mean shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it did that in, like, the late 2000s. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, I remember MTV at the tail end of when it was still showing music videos, but I think that might have been MTV2 mm-hmm. at that point. That uh, Certainly at the time I'd be watching it, they'd already produced the Osbournes. I think after the Osbournes, there was no chance of them going back to the old style of um, them basically being visual radio. Yeah. Um, let's face it, the concept of visual radio has kind of been killed off by YouTube. Because at this point... <sighs> What's the point in waiting and watching a live television broadcast when you can see any music video ever made just by looking it up on YouTube? Oh, I mean, yeah, Vivo killed that, didn't yeah. Vivo just kind of like, yeah, I'll take a piece of that pie, thanks. Uh, oh, wait, no, I'll take all of that pie, thanks. 
So what we're basically talking about is a very old series that hasn't existed for more than um, 25 years now. But moving swiftly on, um, I guess we need to look into the history of Kid Video. In the early 1980s, music videos were by no means a new concept. The Beatles had produced promotional videos for their records as early as the mid-1960s, and by 1980, production budgets could stretch as high as half a million dollars for a three-minute video. So after music television launched as a 24-hour cable network in 1981, it took only a couple of years for it to become a cultural touchstone. Naturally, Gene Shalopin and Andy Hayward wanted a piece of that pie. With the help of Shuki Levy and Haim Saban, they created Kid Video, a manufactured band that could exist both as a real live-action musical act and a group of cartoon characters. Four young musicians were brought together to play both the real-world incarnation of the band and to voice their cartoon counterparts, who were trapped in the flip side by evil businessman and general-purpose villain Master Blaster. The show garnered some success, especially in Israel, where the band both released a vinyl album and went on tour in 1987. But the show was cancelled after two seasons by NBC as it was too expensive. Reruns of Kid Video ceased in 1992 after licenses expired, and the show has not officially been available since. So basically, what's left of Kid Video is either a bunch of grainy, uh, barely edited VHS uh, segments that still have the videos in, or the official... The videos in? The music videos oh, in. Oh, right, let's see. Oh, yeah, I was or thinking the... more the, the ones that also have the adverts in. And the adverts. Because, the, <laughs> because it's American TV, and American TV is fucked and has, like five goddamn ad breaks for a 20-minute show. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> two minutes, like, two adverts per every break as well. Guys, just set it up so that there's one ad break in the middle at 15 minutes in, then show, like, five or six adverts, and then continue it. I don't understand. I've looked, I keep looking at how American advertising on TV is done, and every single time it's this horrific mess. Yeah, it's not and a every, good situation. Also, every American TV advert I have seen looks like the most fucking disingenuous thing in the world. I mean, you can it's... see why uh, streaming is utterly killing it. Yes. Because you don't have to deal with all the bizarre regional variants, the adverts every five minutes, anything like that. You just pay up front and they stream directly exactly know exactly what you're getting yeah which is uh an interesting aside but kid video um a show which exists as i said on either grainy vhs's or the better official vhs's that have big chunks of the content cut out because of the licenses i mean it's hard to know what to say about this one which is something i usually say as an excuse for uh as not having much to say about a show but it's kid videos confusing yeah, it's this very, very fucking bizarre show that seems to contradict itself at every turn. It's like a weird psychedelic dream. A bad one, at that. Yeah. Very much a bad one. Things just seem to happen for no apparent real reason. It, the plot lines yeah. are hard to follow. It seems to just completely drop plot points out to the, like... Well, at the drop of a hat, so I mean... Tell you what, it is the 1980s artless cousin of The Beatles' Yellow Submarine. Sure. Because that movie is great and has trippy imagery and mm. random interesting jokes 
and it's a lot like that, but badly made, and yeah. really, really 80s. Yeah. I mean, I made a small page of notes uh, while we were watching the three episodes that we watched, because that's all we could really take. Um, well, shall we ex- explain God. what the programme actually is before we get into your exact complaint? Oh, God. I mean, sure, if you want to. Fucking so, hell. basically, you've got this band that is made up of four members that we don't know the names of because they barely ever say them. And his um, Stanley has this uh, concept. Stanley says that every comic is somebody's first. So, of course, that means that if somebody picks up any comic, they should be able to understand who the characters are and their basic... who the villains are, who the heroes are, their basic characteristics mm. and powers. And really, you should be able to apply this to cartoons. But I mean, obviously, that should really apply to anything, really. Well, anything episodic. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the longer form prestige television we're getting today, you don't need to because. Well, I mean, streaming has kind of sorted that. So yeah, you can just watch it from the beginning to begin with. Season three, episode five first. Mm. Um, but with all these old programs, you should be able to work out who is who and what their deal is immediately. That should be your establishing shots for each episode. Mm. Uh, back in the 80s with X-Men, Chris Claremont used to start each arc uh, of X-Men. Did I say X-Men twice? Yes. Good. Uh, of X-Men by having them just having them hang around in the danger room, which allows you to show their powers and allows you to show what their relationships with are with each other. Here they try that by having them hang around their big, weird... Kidmobile, is it? Yeah, it's called the Kidmobile. It's just a big ship. But they fail miserably to establish who the characters are. Nobody calls each other by their name. It took multiple episodes for us to hear all four character names. Did we ever actually hear anyone call Kid Kid? Uh, no. No. We watched three episodes and we didn't hear... We didn't hear two of the characters be called by their names. So we didn't hear Kid be called by his name and we didn't hear Ash be called by his name. Right. Yeah. That's... Yeah. So, I mean, you've got your four characters. I mean, as we said, there's Kid and Ash. Kid is the lead singer of the band, of course. He's Kid Video. And Ash is the bassist slash keyboardist. Um, He's shown in the intro as being the bassist, though. We only knew their names because we saw him in the credits. Uh, Yeah. We, We watched three episodes, and the third one was from season two. And we still didn't officially like hear them be called by those names ever no uh we did hear the what the single girl in the group be called carla once oh we know what her deal is because she is the girl yeah Um, it is an 80s cartoon that is an archetype yeah the girl yeah um i mean well my note says girl equals carla and then in brackets girl (laughs) (laughs) yep that's that's about accurate uh, and then we have the third dude in the group who's just known as Wiz. Yeah, who is Wiz. the glasses nerd. Yeah, uh, he's he's the only well-established character. We know that he is um, technologically minded. Mm. Uh, we know that he is um, he's considerably less brave than everyone else. Yes. These are perfectly good characteristics. What can you tell me about Ash? <laughs> um, 
that for some reason, inexplicably in season two, he looks a lot like Bob Dylan. Well, basically, okay, okay. <laughs> You're jumping to a thing here. But basically, because we're dealing with a live action band, they kind of got older between seasons. Yeah. And uh, not only that, but the guy who plays Wiz lost a lot of weight. So they had to completely redesign all of the characters around what they were looking at that like at that time. And Ash goes from generic uh, 18-year-old looking uh, white guy with black hair to basically David Schwimmer. Yeah. Or Bob Dylan. Bit of Schwimmer in there, bit of Dylan in there. 30-year-old, let's just say 30-year-old Jewish American guy. Yes, very much looking in the 30s for sure. Um, and oh yeah, bit of Jerry Seinfeld in there. Yeah, bit of Jerry Seinfeld in there. You know, just kind of a mixture of dudes. Um, there's also the fairy character that helps out for some reason, which uh, her name is Glitter. But again, very rarely do we ever hear her be called Glitter. Certainly more than any of the other characters that aren't villains get yeah. their names. The two most referred to characters are Glitter and Wiz. Uh, Glitter, Wiz, and Master Blaster. Oh yeah, Master Blaster, who's the main big bad. Yeah. Um, even though he is possibly the most pathetic villain I have ever seen. He's not very well designed as a villain. I don't really understand his deal. He looks like the villain from the power team. Yeah, but, but without, without the advantage of being a drug lord. Yes, and that as well. He, I, th- I think he's supposed to be a corrupt music executive. That was implied, yeah. That's kind of what But in he's season two, he's not even wearing a suit anymore. He seems to have moved on to wearing <laughs> what I would describe as a dad jacket. Yeah, yeah. Um, And he's not very intimidating either. Well, going back a bit. Okay, yes. Um, Basically, the introduction is... The thing that sets up how they got into this mess. Oh yes, the um, the theme tune to every episode is played over the premise. The theme tune is played over a basically a short video, a short music video that establishes the premise of the series. Except it doesn't. Yeah, I mean we see this great startup of it, which the entire like first ten seconds of it looks so much like an advert for Coca-Cola, it's kind of unreal. Well it's got that music jingle style um music, which is what you get when that, you like... have Shuki Levy and Haim Saban, uh two guys who are both notable for writing T V theme tunes and not pop songs. Uh writing your theme. And then you also have the kind of Summy, summery sunshine kind of day going on with the 80s camera quality and everything. It just kind of adds up to this feeling that is like is it advert or TV show? What's it going to be? It does look very Coca-Cola. It really does. It's kind of ridiculous. But anyway, um, the gang, the, 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 the band all get together. They all get picked up. They go to a uh, little warehouse place called H&S Studios. Hyman Saban. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not Hyman no, Saban, Hyman Well, I mean, that's not confirmed, what we're guessing. Um, and they set up their little uh, their keyboards and their drums and what have you, and they are literally playing the theme song at that point. And then suddenly the music just 
gets really distorted and loud and the camera pans over to this big mirror just in the middle of the studio and we see a cartoon master blaster just in the mirror and he inexplicably steals the band away to become and i quote music slaves for master blaster now as just kind of set up at the intro and they're trapped in like these weird kind of transporter bubbles glitter comes along pops all the bubbles the car that they were using somehow got teleported with them for some reason and i'm not sure why oh is that supposed to be the car from the yes intro? It's, it's supposed to be the car from the why intro. does it transform into a tardis i don't understand why it transforms into the ship but it does like yeah glitter pops all the bubbles they land safely somehow despite being thousands of miles up in the air and then that's kind of it glitter yeah. says you'll love this place despite being teleported into a cartoon world and they're being trapped in there and then be very aware that it looks like a cartoon world yeah and that's it nothing else is explained past that point episode one hold on also i have to note um i'm pretty sure the girl is hispanic yeah because she yells ay 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 yeah at the start of the episode yeah she occasionally interjects with um stereotypical hispanic mm-hmm. um interjections yes so yeah episode one starts off as if like everything being explained to them has already happened and i think that is because all of that was actually explained in the pilot episode i doubt it i don't know dude i think the like, pilot episode actually explains everything and I then they really, get into some hijinks i really doubt it i personally suspect that the entire thing is just this every episode they travel to this place and then the bad guys try and mess up the place and then they win and then they go. Now, if that sounds a bit familiar to you, you're correct. It sounds very much like a kind of Captain N ordeal, doesn't it? It's almost as if this is kind of the same genre, it's but with music instead of Captain video games. N. Yeah. It's Captain N before Captain N happened. Captain N was, of course, cheaper. Yeah, despite having multiple licensed characters. Well, it's because they were advertising those characters. Yeah, that's true. They were being paid to put those licenses in Captain N. And they also weren't creating really over-the-top, like, complex music videos for every single episode. (laughs) But, yeah, there was just this weird time jump between the events of the introduction and, like, the start of episode one. We don't get any kind of establishing things for the area that they're in which is called the flip side we don't have any establishing for the flip side we don't have any establishing of the characters we we got five minutes into the first cartoon and we didn't know the names of any of the characters we don't know their motivation either they're just traveling they i mean the most confusing part is what the fuck is glitter's motivation why is glitter helping them that's a good question. Why Who is the Glitter fuck is Glitter in the first place? She's just this random fairy that turned up. Yeah. We don't know where she's come from or why she's helping. Uh, we should note that Glitter's characteristic is that, uh, aside from being a helpful fairy, uh, she gets super strength when she sneezes mm-hmm. and is allergic to anything plot convenient. Yes. Uh, especially convenient is the fact that the villain's henchmen are all cats. Yeah, they are um, this fun group called the Copycats. Yes. Uh, which is a joke that is only acted upon in episode one of season one. I, th- I um, think they probably acted on it in other 
episodes, but the general gist is that they are Mm. a band that um, they lip sync. Yeah, they lip sync to actual music. Basically, they trap like real ass music videos into a bubble and then that gets piped through this weird metal cabling I think which puts in- into some instruments and then they can pretend that they're actually singing all night long by I fucking Lionel Richie. I think the implication wasn't that it was the music video itself, although that's what we saw inside the bubble. I think the implication was that they had uh, kidnapped Lionel Richie. Then where the fuck did he go? And also, why wasn't he a cartoon in the flip side? Everyone else, once yeah. they transported to the flip side, is a cartoon. It's just... I want to see cartoon Lionel Richie. It would have been good. And they shouted, They're free now! Which uh, implies to me that they did not know the gender of the artist they were going to put in yeah. that segment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been anyone at that point. Oh, God. I mean... Yeah, like, just the entirety of episode one, the part where you would expect them to establish things and just explain stuff doesn't ever happen. How do they know how to fly this ship, for example? They, like, everyone knows what everything does, how to drive the ship, how to control the ship. Fucking Wiz is out there fixing the ship. Like, Ash is pissing about on this weird futuristic synthesizer. Like, what... How do they know how to do any of this? What is... There's nothing established here. Yeah, it all just lacks explanation. Which is a shame because I guess if there was more establishing what the hell is going on to counteract kind of the surreal visuals and ideas, it would actually potentially be a good show. Yeah, I mean, it's... Like, this isn't the worst show we've ever watched. It's just kind of mildly decent than anything else. I mean, it's unwatchable, but it's very watchable regardless. So, let's see. Quick, quick, snappy episode uh, synopsis. Uh, Episode one, they travel to Neon World, wherein they find the mayor of the Neon World, Neon Land, whatever. Uh, Everyone's just a neon neon person. Neon City, I think. Neon City, sure, whatever. And we find the mayor of Neon City, he's running really fast and talking in a fast-paced, squeaky voice. Um, they slow down uh, his like a recording of him speaking, and he explains that Master Blaster has made it so that everyone turns old or something. Time is moving super fast for They've them. They've sped up everyone's time, so they're moving around incredibly fast and aging quickly. Yeah. Bizarrely, everyone in Neon City is a teenager. Yes. I'm not sure why, but... Because teens are cool. I guess. And Neon's cool. Sure. So Neon City must be the coolest place. Great. Um, They have good music. Yeah. That's all we know about okay. the place. But I mean, um, so yeah, they go to the library there to try and figure out a bit more about it and end up looking at a book that basically is just a small... Uh, animated music video for Electric Avenue, which yeah. becomes an actual clue uh, to solve out what's going on. Uh, fun fact, Electric Avenue is about race riots. Yeah, it's it's, it's a completely different... <laughs> but yeah, I guess you can go down to Electric Avenue and then you take it higher <laughs> By in looking an off. extremely literal sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's really bizarre. Um... But yeah, uh, so the copycats are doing a concert 
that yeah, the p- is just them lip syncing uh, All Night Long by Lana Ritchie, yeah. who's trapped in a big bubble. The big plan is that they are tricking everyone into everyone in uh, Neon City to going into the stadium and watching this concert, and then they plan to freeze the entire audience so that there is always a captive audience for the performances. I have no idea who what anyone gets out of this. Yeah, I don't understand what kind of fucking plan that is. What is that even achieving? That's this. That's not achieving anything. Motivation makes no sense. Yeah, no. But hey, he still has more motivation than the main cast. I guess. (laughs) Good on him for having a terrible plan that has no purpose. But yeah, uh, stuff happens. Wiz tries to fix the clock. He fails. He goes really fast. And they fix it. <laughs> that's, that's, like, there's, there's such little plot that happens across the entire thing that I can just kind of skip ahead and it makes about as much sense as if you watched it yourself. Yeah, everyone else goes into the big flying fortress thing that Master Blaster goes around in. It's supposed to look like a jukebox, apparently. Uh, it kind of does. A little bit. Kind of a... There's certainly a 50s vibe going on. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember anything that actually happens in there. Uh, I don't know, the the remaining crew get trapped in a, like, cage for some reason? Oh, yeah. And, and then, then the they... copycats play to them, and that somehow shatters the fucking, like, jail that they're in, and they escape. I mean, I get that, but why uh... specifically the copycats playing Lionel Richie's all night long, uh, shattering the crist- would shatter the crystals of the jail i don't know none of this makes any sense um i mean you could have a great sequence in which uh in which they're trying to they're pretending to teach them how to be better at singing and just saying higher 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 and then eventually screech smatter that would work just playing lionel richie's all night long that's not going to shatter any crystals Episode two. <laughs> Episode two. Oh god, what happens in that? Um, um, oh wait, no, we skipped ahead because we didn't. We didn't watch episode two directly. We just watched the next, uh, just a random episode. Uh, and this one, it was. Oh god, fucking Wiz somehow finds this. I think it was lady. episode two. It oh, was. My, oh yeah, it was. It yeah, it was a bubble themed yeah. city. Everyone is bubbles. Yeah, well, no, everyone's Humanoids human, human with adjacent, legs. but they don't have legs. They just have a big orb that they bounce around or fly around with. Um, and Wiz has encountered one and fallen in love with it. Mutual love? I don't know. Nothing ever happens it's a with crush. that. It's a crush. But it's I... there purely to make a joke about crushing. Sure. Um, but, yeah, they go to the... Bubble City and the Master Blaster's grand plan here is that he's got the Master Zapper, which turns like people's op- personalities the opposite way around. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it just <laughs> like, they, they turn from like say if, like you use that on like just a really nice person, then they just become this most hateful person possible. I guess. Yeah. Which doesn't really work, because, I mean, if you zap a musician, they will hate music. And he wants them to be musicians for him. Except 
not in this episode because he explicitly states that his plan is to zap them with the Master Zapper to make them hate music. Yes, so except that, that he's also using music. them to replace the copycats who are his yeah. personal band. And the entire establishing thing of the movie is that he's there to be musical. Sli- what? Huh. I don't think his plans make sense, narratively. <laughs> Either way, it's just a lot of uh, everyone zapping each other, people turning evil, people turning good, uh, good cats, evil band members, and the other way round, and eventually everyone ends up back uh, where they started uh, when the uh, the good guys smashed the zapper, was it? The master zapper? Yeah, that's what it's called. Um... And they play some music. Yep. Uh, and the third episode we watched was part of season two, which was by far the most psychedelic episode we saw. It might it have been. visiting Freezerland or something like that. And as much as I wish it was the Dragon Ball Z character, because that would be a lot more fun. Freezer Valley. Freezer Valley. It means literally freezers. Fridge freezers. Yeah. Um, snow everywhere. Fucking cold. The source of all the frozen food in... Uh, the flip side. Because that makes fucking sense. Um, I, I mean, that's a perfectly good bit of... Uh, it makes more sense than anywhere else we've seen so far. Sure. And they meet another fairy there who is, um, I guess... Uh, what's her fucking name? Glitter. Glitter's friend. Uh, sister, wasn't it? Maybe. Who fucking knows? She sounded like she's smoked a pack of 50 Bensons. Also, she's obese. Yeah, but in kind of that body positive way. Yeah, I I quite I to be honest, I really liked the character design. Remind me a little bit of um, kind of a cross between the Green Ladies from Where's Wally and the Fairy from Willow the Wisp. I I guess I don't know why. Who knows? I'm just spouting bullshit from my mouth. Please take over. <laughs> Either way, she is a badass who whis- who uh when she whistles it snows. And then a sequence of events happens. Literally. That's, we can't describe it. A um, weird fucking music video involving a really bad cover of Michael Jackson's beat it happens. Yeah. Involving this sentient snowman, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure what that was about. And apparently the uh, valley, except why exactly thawing out a valley? I mean, it's supposed to be a valley, but it's a big pile of snow. Shouldn't it be a a mountain? I mean, if you want to get into semantics, yeah, I guess. Um, regard well, it's like hiding something in a valley is a bit different to hiding something in a mountain. When you hide something in a valley, you just shove it in there. When you hide it in a mountain, it's right in this middle of rock. Yeah, I guess. Uh, regardless, uh, apparently there's a monster under that's frozen. It's the hairdryer monster. Yeah, it's a hairdryer monster. Why is how did they manage to freeze a hairdryer monster? Why is the monster specifically designed to stop uh, itself from being frozen? Uh, the thing that got frozen. Where did it even come from? I'm not even sure what plot relevance it had. It was just there. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the plan is that uh, Master Blaster wants to free to uh, thaw out the valley because 
and um so he stops the fairy from being able to whistle and somehow half of the band ends up in his base uh, looking for the cure which is a tiny whale in a jar it really fucking i <sighs> This episode felt more like it didn't have writers and it was just the artists fucking about for no reason. It did in many places. Um, It reminded me of just... You know Cool World? Yeah. Cool World has lots of interesting visuals and that's because the animators were completely fucked. They were fed up with everything to do with that production so they just drew things where they wanted great it feels like that in places cool certainly the music video uh for uh, beat it does because mm. it has no relevance to anything else it just happens oh yeah i remember there was that interesting bit that i noticed um halfway through the episode there is a scene which uses music that appears to be exactly the same uh bit there's a bit of music that appears to be the exact same bit of music used in video power during the tips section i kind of noticed that it sounds almost exactly the same and i'm pretty sure it is the same song considering it turns out that hive saban and shuki levy did actually work on video power in the yeah. first place yeah so a bit of cheeky music we're using now lads yeah, more than fair. <laughs> I mean, is there really that much more to say about... I can't remember what it's called. I'm now wanting to call it Video Power. Kid Video. Kid Video. I don't think there is. I mean, we've just kind of... We've detailed everything that happened, or the things we think Yeah, everything happened. we saw, or everything we thought about everything it. Everything we quote-unquote saw. Not or sure if it actually we... happened or yeah, not. Yeah, it's... it's... Did, 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 did this show happen, Mark? I mean, okay, it's... Are we real? Yeah. Is this cartoon real? Is this podcast real? Where am I? How would we go about rebooting this in 2018? No. No, 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 no. Could you reboot this in 2018? No, 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 no. I mean, it wouldn't hold any purpose in 2018 because this was a way of showing music videos to children. It's already been rebooted. S Club 7 had a, a fucking live action sitcom. It's that's, just that. That's that's not the same. Yes, it is. It's, it's the exact same. No, it has to be animated. Because otherwise... No, fuck off. I don't want it to be animated. The problem is, I, I came away from this show wanting it to yeah. actually be a live action show. It could have been so much more fun. Because, as we mentioned before, there's music videos at the end of each episode. And the music video for the song A Little TLC is this great little fun bit and it just kind of yeah has a lot more energy and it's far more interesting to watch than the cartoon is so a live action version of this would actually yeah. be infinitely better it could have been the monkeys but 80s yeah and um, i mean we we i don't know if in america they had this but i mean all through the 90s british telev- kids television had their own kind of say it the same genre as this um as the monkeys because as you were saying there was s club seven yeah and then the many s club seven spin-offs yeah uh but there was also s um, club junior oh god s club junior <laughs> uh 
There was also, is it North and South? I wouldn't know. A band which had the 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 song that started na 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 it wasn't revolving around... Oh, what's their names? PJ Pat, and Duncan. PJ and Duncan. It wasn't revolving around PJ and Duncan. One but, of whom was recently disgraced for drink driving, was it? I don't know. But I mean, like... Sorry. Their entire, sorry, music, their entire, their entire music career was yeah. kick-started by Michael Grove. That's all the point I was making. Go ahead with your fucking shit-ass story. Sorry, are you not aware that Declan Donnelly has gone solo? No. Saturday Night Takeaway only has Deck now. Really? Really. Because well, oh. I think it's Deck. I think Ant McPartland. Uh, is Deck the little one? No, Deck is the little one. Ant is the tall one yes. with spiky hair. Yes, yes. Ant McPartland, I believe, uh, has been done on drunk driving charges and kicked off the show. Oops. Uh, so now it's just Deck Saturday Night Takeaway. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Apparently, it was getting good reviews. Uh, <laughs> Ah, well, okay then. Well done, Ant. I hope I'm right about all this, because otherwise it's... I'll cut this out anyway, it's not relevant. But I mean... Yeah. Here's a nice, obscure combination for you, right? What you do, you take the S Club 7 sitcom, and you smash it up with the... Uh, oh god, I can't remember what exactly it was. It was this kind of weird drama series within Blue Peter called The Quest. Oh god, The Quest. You take that, you take the S Club 7 sitcom and you mash it up with The Quest. So basically, you have a bunch of uh, kids in a manufactured band and they are going on this kind of weird scavenger hunt with ridiculously high... um, um, oh budget. God. No, not budget. Uh, what's the word? Um, stakes. Yeah, sure. This ridiculously high stakes scavenger quest. I mean, I only remember two of the quest uh, series: the third one and the fourth one. The third one was this weird kind of sci-fi one. Yes, the based one... around like what was it? Like these weird breath aliens that like you breathe into someone's mouth and that's how you infect them or whatever something like that but that it was, was a fucking strange thing that was it seemed strange but it was just them doing classic doctor who yeah that's all it was it was very doctor who um and then there was the fourth one which was based around 60s and time travel that was them doing classic doctor who again yes, it was it was just this great little <laughs> it thing. was just their excuse to do a load of doctor yeah. who pastiches Honestly, the quest was fantastic, and I'm yeah. still really sad that all of those never got compiled onto a DVD. Because ah, that would have been so, so silly. good. The quest was amazing. Nobody's going to understand any of this outside no, of the UK. No. Though, fucking shout out if you remember the quest, because you're right there with me. Right there with me. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, I mean, ranking. live action. You just do this oh, live okay. action. Okay, ranking, ranking. How, uh, how, rank how? Ooh, this one's a tough one. It's a bit of a doozy. Um, I mean, it has a lot of redeeming features. It has a lot of non-redeeming features yeah. as well. <laughs> now, if I had to 
kind of say where I'm feeling, the kind of number range that I'm feeling for this show about where to put it, I would say around the 15 to 20 mark. 15 to 20. Hmm. Yeah, I can see where you're going there. Maybe a little lower than I'd say. At 15, we've got Captain N, which is kind of similar, but probably better. Yeah, I've got to say, just Captain N is basically just this show, but executed a lot better. I mean, it's... It's not good. Not good, and by any means, but it's still more coherent. It has characters that you can identify immediately. It actually fucking establishes things. Yeah. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, what we got below that? We've got Super Show. Super Show... I would probably be inclined to say that it's better than Super Show. Yeah, it's better than Super Show. It's well, live action easy. is better than Super Show's. Well, that was very easy. Well, there we go. Well, so there we number go. Number 16, we've got fucking Kid Video. Um, take it away, pre-recorded Avery. So that's just about it for this week. If you enjoyed this episode, then give us a little rating on iTunes if you use it. Tell your friends. Do a little subscribe if you're not done already. And be sure to check out our other stuff on MostlyCobalts.com. That's MostlyCobalts.com. So that's all we've got time for. And we'll see you next week. Oh my